Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot Off the Press. I'm Mariah from Mariah Creates, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely friend Jillian from Studio Soprano. Uh, Today is kind of a bittersweet moment. We are wrapping up the very first season of this podcast, which is a crazy landmark and milestone for us. Um, Still wrapping our heads around that one. And we are fortunate enough today to be able to wrap up the season with one of our we think the greatest artisans in this industry and somebody that we both looked up to. Oh, yep. So uh, welcome, Britt from Small Press Paper Company. Wow, I did not expect that. that. Thank you. I feel feel incredibly undeserving of that. Oh my gosh, but thanks. And congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, part of greatness is thinking that you're not that great. You know, I guess I think that's like a common thread. I'm going to share just like a little brief bio of um, the amazing journey you've been on that Mariah and I just like swoon over. But um, if you're unfamiliar with Brit or Swell Press Paper Co., Brit began her illustrious letterpress career, much like us, in her garage. Um, And after seeing some letterpress work in person, she sought out a local private lesson and got hooked. Shortly after, she won the bid on an online auction for a Vandercook and never looked back. In the years that followed, she expanded out of her garage, acquiring five more presses, I believe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bringing on an entire team, and she has also moved several times to keep up with her growing collection. Britt is known for her incredible use of layered colors, her absolutely ingenious designs, and her impeccable registration. Like, seriously, girl, how do you even do it? Uh, She's been published in Martha Stewart Weddings, Modern Luxury, Brides, and many, many others. Britt is always at the forefront of our industry. We are so excited to have her with us today. Thank you so much. I'm like, I'm shaking. I'm swooning. I'm everything. It's amazing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Jillian. Wow. It makes me feel like so happy as someone who <clears throat> just a few years ago randomly bought a press off of eBay and put it in her garage and was like, I'm going to figure this out. To see everything that Swell Press has become is so inspiring. Thank you. That means a lot. That's so nice to hear. It's also like, a, it's a funny time right now because right now we're like in the we're in such a crazy year, you know, and it's like, and then we just move studios and I'm trying to build out a retail thing. So I definitely feel like I'm, it's, it's just, it's a funny time to hear all that. I it's, I'm struggling in like a lot of ways, like just like, you know, to keep up and everything. So it's, but it's always nice to stop and step back and be like, okay, I was in this garage, you know, for a little bit and really just like try to appreciate the journey, which I have a bad habit of not doing. So thank you. That really meant a lot to hear. Yay. Yeah, we all kind of get caught up in our own phases of the journey, you know, like you may be beginning and struggling and thinking it's impossible to succeed in this or even oh, yeah. somebody who we look at as super successful could look back and be like, 
you forget about all of those phases previously, you know, in your yeah. new era of growth. So yeah, it's good to good to reflect and, you know, good to be reminded sometimes of yeah, where you started. Sure. Yeah. 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 And we'd love to get an update. I know that it's been such a crazy time, especially post COVID. Um, how have those past few years like reshaped Swell Press or impacted your your visions of the future for the company? Um, it's definitely been a <laughs> a crazy couple of years, as we all know. I'm definitely not alone in that. Um, you know, it's the timing is all really um it's i it's been kind of like a it's i feel like it's been a lot of like kismet as far as just like how things have worked out um you know and at the time especially with covid and the things that happen you always think it's like the worst thing ever and then in hindsight you're like okay that kind of worked out well or worked out in like the larger scheme of things so in early 2019 we moved into we moved out of like our more industrial space into um, like a nicer studio, a little bit closer to my house. And, you know, the goal with that studio was to have like a storefront to teach classes and everything. Um, and we did start, you know, we had a couple like weekend intensive workshops there and everything like that. And then COVID hit. <laughs> um, so the in-person workshops stopped, which I loved doing. I, I love, I still just love teaching. I love teaching in person. They brought like a lot of like life to me. Um, yeah, but the in-person workshops stopped and then during COVID, you know, things kind of slowed down. Um, I, I also realized that like that spot wasn't really conducive to like having a retail area, which has always been my dream. I know I'm not alone in that. I feel like that's like a lot of us like printers were like, oh, it's such a dream to have like a studio in the back and a little shop in the front. Um, yeah. For me, I always thought it just wasn't possible. I just kind of had accepted that living in LA, the rent here was just like beyond what I couldn't afford and also you know moving presses isn't really the easiest thing so not only do you have to like find a place that's affordable but you need a place where you can like fit a you know a, a windmill through the door or three <laughs> um, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um so COVID like things kind of slowed down but it was a really interesting time because I you know I I still had a business to run I had employees to pay um so I ended up taking on a lot of work that I normally wouldn't do like weird branding projects and stuff. That's like really not even in my wheelhouse, but you know, you do what you have to do to kind of pay bills and to keep people employed. Um, but it was also like, I know it was a hard time. Everyone was really struggling during COVID, but I loved it because it gave me a chance to like not only slow down. And I think for the first time in my life work a 40 hour work week, like I've never had a normal job um, where you work. It's like my normal week is like a 60 to 90 hour week. It's pretty bad. Um, so COVID kind of gave us a chance to do that. And um, it also gave us a chance, I feel like to kind of like step up and be the company that I wanted to be and embody like the I don't want to say like the ethics because that sounds a little too heavy, but like just embody like the integrity of the company that I wanted to be, like really be there for our clients and kind of like, you know, be as flexible as we could be and as reasonable as we could be with all like the plans changing because of COVID. Um, so that was kind of like our 2020 and then, you know, 2021 was still kind of a crazy year and, you know, we, we got through it, but things started picking up as you know, um, last year was, yeah, I guess to say 2021 was a crazy year for the wedding industry is like an understatement. Um, and then 
we got through that. And then now the beginning of this year, it's like, God forbid we rest for a second. Um, we moved next, <laughs> next door. You'll see a trend here. It's like, when does, yeah. when, when does it stop? We moved next door to a, like right next door to where we were, but there's actually a bigger studio. Um, so we moved into that space and it does have an actual area for retail, um, like a retail section. I actually just got back from the studio. I'm home now. Um, and I just got back meeting with the person who's going to like you know, design the retail space and everything like that. So that's kind of on the future, you know, the future vision board for Swell Press is hopefully being able to slow down, which I could probably talk for five hours about, um, about that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I want to have like a, you know, a little shop and a retail collection and all that stuff. So big dreams ahead. I, I personally can relate so much to the struggle of finding space in this city of Los Angeles mm -hmm. because I have been working in a one bedroom apartment with a very, very tiny garage, like to the point where a modern car like can barely even fit That's in it how and I open was. the doors. Yeah. And um, I did finally find like a small warehouse space that I could just barely afford. Mm -hmm. And before I even moved into that space, I already acquired new equipment to yeah. put into it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and now I already need a slightly bigger space. I know. I know. It's that's what we do. And it's so yeah, it's funny. It's like, you know, and it's everyone not you think like, oh, if I had more space, but it's funny, because now I have all this space, but I also have like a ton of overhead and all that stuff. And I'm like, I just want a house with a big garage. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I want to go back to the <laughs> So seriously, it all comes back to the garage. Mm -hmm. um, well, we're really excited about you fulfilling those dreams because I would love to come shopping at the Swell Press Paper Co. store. <laughs> for sure. I feel like it's been, it's like the, I don't want to say the final chapter of Swell Press because that makes it seem like I'm going to do that and then like, you know, move on in a couple years, which, you know, you never know what the future holds, but it is like, it's the last thing I feel like I had on my vision board for Swell Press. Like, I don't want to expand or have like a huge wholesale line, you know, like I don't want to do any of that stuff. So this is kind of like the ultimate goal that I've always been working towards. And for many years just thought wasn't going to be possible again because of LA rent, especially commercial retail rent, you know, um, I had kind of like just accepted that like this was a dream that wasn't going to happen. Um, and just, you know, everything kind of came together so uh, yeah, I'm excited to kind of reach that point and then hopefully I can step back and chill out <laughs> um, and like rest for a little bit. <laughs> that sounds like a crazy thought. I don't know. Um, do you, so I know that I've heard you in other podcasts talk about how you started off doing like a greeting card line. Does it feel a little like full circle to you to be like now focusing on an actual retail line or does it feel like a whole different, like a different bird? No, it so it doesn't because the greeting card line was actually like I was still like from the beginning I was I I was never really like an artist or a graphic designer. I always just loved printing. So I started just printing like, you know, business cards and like wedding invitations because wedding invitations were fun to design. It was like the year of Pinterest, you know, like when, when was it maybe like 2009, you know, or like when Pinterest yep. and, you know, Mason jars and burlaps were like, it was huge. So like, I just loved designing <laughs> wedding invitations. And then eventually I tried like a greeting card line, but I didn't, it didn't ever feel authentic to me. I just did it because I felt like everyone else was doing it. So it seemed like that was the next, like the sensible thing to do. Yeah. So I did it and it, 
I just, it wasn't, it didn't go well. I don't want to say like it, you know, it, it, I guess you could say it was a massive failure and that I probably, I wasted, you know, a lot of time and probably thousands, thousands of dollars of papers and plates and stuff like that. But you know, the whole time I was doing it, it just didn't really feel like that authentic to me. Um, so I eventually I gave up, but I look at it like it was a really important lesson, which is that yeah, what works for other people doesn't necessarily work for you. And just because greeting cards were, you know, Instagram made it seem like that was like the thing you do didn't necessarily mean that it was the right thing for me. So even now with the store, you know, I think I'll have stationary and maybe a couple of simple greeting cards, but I have no intention of having a greeting card line. Like there are just yeah. so many other people I think that have such original ideas and they're already doing it perfectly that I don't feel, um, yeah, that I, I just don't, I don't feel the need to like inject myself in that space. It's already being done so well by other people. So I'll, I'll carry other people's <laughs> greeting Perfect. cards. Yeah. There you go. That's a great, that's a great compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is like, do you have a particular type of product that you're most excited to make? Or is there something that you have made that you like absolutely just love? And every time you see it just makes you really happy that you did it? Yeah. Um, at the end of 2020, we did a, a holiday launch. It was not nearly as complete and as polished as I had intended it to be. Um, but we did a couple products there and it was just really fun um, to like just just to have mostly to have the material, like the equipment that I need on hand to like, if I think of something, I can make it. So that was really fun for me. We did um, like a candle, which I loved, like the process of like picking a scent and all that stuff was really fun. They were probably the least profitable candles in the world because the, the label was like <laughs> a two color letterpress with like a custom box. Oh my gosh. Um, and we did some notebooks, which was really fun. Um, so it was like just being able to dream up anything was really fun. So that's kind of like the dream for the retail collection moving forward is just to have things that are also like really intentional and sustainable and um, like things like that. I just don't want to put up a bunch. I don't want to put out a bunch of crap, you know, like I want it to all be things that are that I would want or that I would want to gift and that are hopefully as sustainable as possible. So I have some products um, by some, I mean, like I have many products that are like sitting half finished on my desk, um, but they'll all be ready to go by like the end of summer. And I'm just, I'm mostly excited just about, again, like being able to think of something and then make it like I, we basically have the equipment to do whatever, anything we could ever think of. So it was fun to like, you know, to sit with like the gals in the studio and be like, all right, what ideas do you have? Cause like, we can make them. You want to make coasters, you want to make notebooks, you want to make keychains, like all of this stuff we can do. So I'm just really excited about that. And then being able to think of a product and then put it on the shelf and see if it sells. Yeah. It's, I think it's really incredible when you like, I mean, obviously we don't have the equipment that you do, but even just having a, like your own press, you're like, I can try this. And if it doesn't work, yes. it doesn't work. You know, it's like that offers you so much creative freedom and allows you like, I think that's what allowed me to be like, to become a better designer and become a better printer. Oh, is 100%. Like when you immediately like, I've definitely ordered like a card design and I went to print it and it like immediately didn't work. And I was like, just scrapped it right away. Like, I think I made one test print and I was like, nope, this isn't going to work. Don't like it. Goodbye. Like, there's nothing that fuels your creative fire more than trying failing and succeeding you know like and just seeing what happens 100% Mariah no like you're and that's what I something I'm eternally grateful for is like just having a press and having being like being able to make things in house has 100% dictated how I look at design and how I approach things and 
it's, you know, I'm so spoiled that like, if I, you know, if I'm trying to sell a client on something and they can't see it because, you know, like when I send a mock-up, I don't do the fancy, like fake letterpress effect, you know, I send it as like a PDF and I'm like, here, this will be pressed in now imagine it. So like, if I have something <laughs> and they can't really do, I can just, I can order a plate and I can print it and I could be like, this is what it looks like. Can you, can you visualize it now? And they're like, yeah. Or like, so I just feel so grateful that I have that flexibility. And also like, you know, some of the prints we do with like the full coverage and the really tight registration and things like that. I would never send that out to anyone, um, you know, partly because I'm a control freak, uh, partly because we have really high standards, but also because I wouldn't make anyone else endure the pain of trying to get that, <laughs> that right? yeah. you know, to achieve that. It's like, instead, um, my incredible press woman, Kate endures the pain, but we can, you know, have fun doing it in house and we have so much control over everything. So that's why, yeah, I think just like having the ability to do things in person has totally, totally influenced how I look at design, how I run my business, how I look at taking risks. You know, it's a lot easier to take a risk on something when I can print it myself instead of asking someone else to print it with a minimum of 50, you know? Yeah, totally. And it's so reflective within your work, how passionate you are about getting those things right. Like, the color coverage that you guys achieve and the registration is, in my opinion, unmatched. Thank you. Is it percentage-wise? Would you say that it's more <laughs> having the right machine or more having enough patience? Um, well, for, I have to give credit where it's due. And Kate um, is my press woman. She's my full-time press woman. She was with me from like the very start from when I got into my first small studio space. She was actually an intern and then I taught her how to print. And now I always joke about this with her, but I, I honestly fully believe that she is like the best printer in the United States, if not the world. She is so talented. She is more meticulous than me. Like I thought I was a control freak, like perfectionist type A, but she has me rivaled. Um, she's an incredible <laughs> printer. Um, and she just has, you know, and to answer your question, it's kind of a mixture of, of both. Um, you know, it's having a, someone running the press who knows, you know, how, how packing affects solids, you know, like you guys might have, I don't know if you've like played with your packing ever, but you can print like a solid. And if you do soft packing, it, the ink will look a little bit different than hard packing. It also has to do with how much ink you have on your rollers and how high and low your rollers are and things like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, the press is also a huge part of it. You know, when I, I used to do like, you know, the majority of the printing and I would print like only on a Vandercook. And with the Vandercook, it is so much, well, I guess I used to would say it was so much easier to get solid coverage, but now Kate prints our solids on the windmill. And um, I, you know, some people say, used to say that that kind of coverage wasn't possible on a windmill, but she does it. So I think it's also, <laughs> it's having a really good press. Like, I just don't think that you would get that kind of coverage ever with a platen press maybe I don't know if you follow me on Instagram you know I'm biased you know um, yeah. that like I understand that platen presses are the most accessible and all that stuff but I also think when it comes to doing really intense prints with like really tight registration like you know hairline registration and solid coverage I just don't really know how well a platen press can achieve that um, but I also have to say like I've never exclusively 
printed on a platen press. You know, we have a platen press that we've used and I've printed like text, you know, but I've never tried a solid coverage thing on a platen press. I mean, if anyone could figure out, it would probably be Kate, but I just, I wouldn't do that just because we have like other presses that are easier for it. So let me say it's a, how about this? It's a, you have to have the person first who's willing to do all the things, but also there could be a time when even doing all the proper things to get solid coverage, if you don't have the right press, it's not going to be possible. Like, so yeah, like yeah, with the table, I'm sorry, anyone who's listening, but with the tabletop press, you're not ever going <laughs> to, yeah, you're not you ever going to be doing landscape do with solid print coverage. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mariah and I both operate platens. Yes. And um, I know. So I'm choosing I, my words carefully. I, no, we won't hold no, it no, no. You. Please, it's fine. <laughs> please be as candid as you'd like. Trust me. If a Vandercook fit in my garage, I would yeah. have one. There is, there is no money in the world that could stop me from having one, but there is space. Yeah, I mean, but, we're just waiting um, on the right time to to buy all of our other presses. So don't yeah. worry, we're not like diehard either way either. But I took on um, the challenge of creating three greeting cards every month. And like <gasps> you, like the the inner calling to create greetings mm-hmm. wasn't really there, but the inner calling to challenge myself to print was there. Yeah. And because prior to the pandemic, I didn't have a lot of clients and wedding work anyway. Like I really didn't have enough leverage in my portfolio to like mm-hmm. get interesting things. So I leaned on greeting cards and a lot of those have tight registration and not super full coverage, but like pretty dense coverage. Yeah. Um, and I have, I've found the ways to like get as close as I can mm-hmm. to something that I really like, but you're absolutely right. Like on a platen press, um, it would take an absolute inking expert mm-hmm. to get that kind of coverage. And I really love that you said that, um, People would say you can't do it on a windmill, but Kate figured it out because Mariah and I live by that. Please (laughs) tell us we can't do something and we will prove you wrong. Yeah, 100%. I mean, when I, you know, I used to work in another industry um, and when I told my, and then I would take, I took letterpress lessons at the local, at Otis, which is an incredible art college here. And they have continuing education classes where I learned letterpress from incredible instructors. Um. And I remember I told them I was going to start a business making wedding invitations. And one of the TAs kind of like chuckled and said, like, good luck making money <laughs> from that. And I was just like, well, that's the fuel I need. I will not yeah. only make money, but I will make, a, you know, enough to employ people and pay them well. And, you know, so that's kind of like, I'm the same way. It's like, tell me what can't be done. You know, that's also bitten me in the ass sometimes. Sometimes I have like quite literally needed to be like, near uh, restrained to like stop trying like beating a dead horse like my husband is like there comes a time when you need to learn you know that something isn't possible um so yes but I'm I'm right there with you <laughs> yeah I think it takes a certain amount of stubbornness also like to learn oh, 100%. how to print well like yeah you either just like need to like walk away and come back to it or you need to like just power through it like no mm-hmm. press I am going to figure this out and like 
we love we love scrolling through all the Facebook groups and stuff and looking at like comments and mm-hmm. you know there's always somebody who's like oh you can't do that on that type of press and you're like oh yeah and now he's I just usually an, do old, it. an old man but <laughs> most almost not to be time. ageist yeah. or you know gender discriminatory but that's usually the, the naysayers tend to be um old purely on statistics yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah. a fact not a not a yeah. statement yeah and, um, and look at us all having successful businesses making deep impressions and yeah. Mariah and I registering the crap out of things on flat yeah. presses like come at us bros come yeah. at us yeah but yeah. I, I I think that like uh, there's like this great like symbiotic like balance between being a little bit like stubborn and like refusing to yeah. admit defeat and also like having a little bit of room for creativity and flexibility in your designs with something like greeting cards that like you're like okay it didn't work out exactly how I wanted but what if I did this instead you know and yes. then you can kind of come up with something that that works and kind of gets your vision across but. 100% and not only creativity in the designs but also creativity in the process like there's so many times when Kate and I talk about a project that's really challenging and we talk about like all the different ways which we would approach it you know and that I I love that part I love like the problem solving part but that is a super important part of printing and same thing like you mentioned like having the discernment between when to walk away and when to give up and when to kind of push and keep going and I think that's something that we all struggle with like some nights you know, we're like struggling and I'm like, all right, you know, let's just like go home. Nothing, you know, my grandma always said like nothing good happens after midnight, but I think for me, my mom said that too. Yeah. It's probably like nothing good happens after 9 PM or something, but like, um, yeah. All right, let's revisit this tomorrow. Fully caffeinated with a, with a fresh brain. And, and usually like the, the answer comes to me like that next morning when I'm like on a run or when I'm, you know, the shower thoughts, you know, like that's when I'm like, Oh my God, I could do that. So Totally. I think that's also like an important, you know, like thing to to notice. Like sometimes walking away and giving up isn't necessarily giving up. It's just like, you know, giving your brain the the space to maybe think about a new solution or totally. yes, also knowing when to give up, which is something I don't <laughs> don't quite have down yet, but I'll let you know. Well, yeah. I feel like most letterpress printers don't because just the nature of this process requires Getting the press out of that basement and into your new space. <laughs> yeah. Like that alone would deter most people, you know? Like one hundred percent. You have to be a really stubborn person to yes. get into this because there's several roadblocks that will pop up immediately. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so it's awesome that you have somebody like Kate that you can talk through designs and stuff with, but do you usually, like, which order do you design things in? Like, do you start thinking about, like, what equipment you have and how that design would actually be made? Or do you usually come up with a design and then you're like, no, we'll figure that out would be the work. smart way. No, I, I'm <laughs> okay. more of a jump and build the parachute on the way down type person. Um, yeah. Like We're next week specifically, I have this project that is, I'm really excited about It's a, it's a custom design. Um, and I'm actually like, I'm stepping away from custom design for a little bit, which is kind of a bummer, but like one of my favorite parts of custom design is problem solving and prototyping like I just I love that part of it all um and I have a project next week and I'm I know I will figure it out but I know the process of getting it to to do what I want it to do is going to be so hard um but you know no I you know and that has I want to say like that did bite me in the ass once the whole you know build the parachute on the way down thing I, I did have a custom design I pitched an idea I actually had to go to the client and tell them 
that this thing that I pitched like wasn't possible. And it was, you know, like probably the the biggest slice of humble pie I've ever eaten. Cause I was like, no, I'm determined. I'm going to figure it out. I've never not figured it out. And now yeah. I'm like, and you know, my husband's like, he's, he's you always, you always figure it out. I'm like, well, this is the one time I haven't been able to figure it out. So, well, so I'm not saying that my way is the best. I guess that that should be like my disclaimer on anything I say (laughs) I am not saying that what I that what I do is the right thing to do or the you know like the path to success or the correct way it's just how I do it um so use it as a cautionary tale if you will honestly (laughs) yeah (laughs) it has led you down some really amazing paths though I mean some of the work you've done that I just like I can't even imagine that being like the first time I do something when you have the multi-layered die cut things and stuff (laughs) like experimenting that for the first time and selling a client on it alone is an investment because Mm -hmm. you know you're walking down a road that's gonna have trial and error yeah yeah and and that's a part that like I love I love (laughs) thinking of something that you know that I think maybe it's been done I'm sure I know everything has been done in one way or another but like something that's original to me at the time and just trying to figure out like all right how am I gonna make this work and then yeah how will I sell the client on it. And if the client doesn't want my idea, I'll usually just make it anyway. Again, another benefit of having my own equipment is that like, if some, if, you know, there's some designs and I really want someone to, to do it and no one's really biting, that's like, you know what, I'm going to just print it myself then. And I know it will, even if no one wants it in the future, you know, again, it could be something where I'm totally off base as to what like, (laughs) you know, the people want, um, at least then I've gotten it. It's like, I've, I don't want to say exercise that demon, but like I've, you know, I've fulfilled that creative like being and I've brought it into the world and then I can like move on. (laughs) Well, yeah. And then you give yourself closure a little bit, but also like you also, especially if it's a new process or a really tight, you know, die line or something, you realize you learn whether or not it's actually possible, you know, which will help you sell it later too. So all important lessons. Yeah. That's amazing. I think also like your style over the years, like obviously it's probably evolved because everyone's style evolves throughout their lives, but um, your style is so distinct that like, how has your style evolved? And like, I mean, has it changed even in the last few years or really as your like business grew? Oh, 100%. Like, you know, and it's funny also seeing that come to life with COVID because we, I designed a ton of invitations in 2019 that we just printed because a lot of people put, you know, we were doing design in 2019 for a 20, for a, you know, a spring summer 2020 wedding and then they a lot of our clients decided to push the wedding entirely to 2022 so we just printed some stuff and like while I like it I'm just like oh I would never design that way now and it's it's you know I've done a couple designs the past couple months that I'm actually like I feel like I really love which I think is hard for me I constantly have imposter syndrome I constantly am like embodying what Ira Glass says in The Gap. I don't know if you've like listened to that, but I'm like obsessed with that where he basically talks about how like you see something and you know that it's good, but you know that there's a gap between what you can produce and what is good, but you have good taste. So you never really are satisfied with your stuff. And I feel like that's really where I've been the majority of my like design career. And just the past couple of months, I've done some designs that like for kind of like the first time, I feel like I'm like, I'm really proud of that. Like, I'm really, really proud of that design. Um, And lately it's been, you know, I've moved to like kind of like more minimal and more like formal and like less neon-y, which I also think might be, I don't want to say like dangerous, but I think a lot of people like my stuff because it's so bright and modern and stuff. But um I've definitely moved to like 
to a little bit more, I don't want to say like sophisticated because that's like different, but like, you know, and I'll never be like traditional or stuffy. It's just like, I'm not, it's not my style. Like, you know, um, yeah. so I haven't evolved like out of that, but I think like ultimately, cause sometimes I look and I'm like, God, my stuff is all over the place. But I think ultimately it's like, I love shit. That's cool to make. Um, yeah. probably a pain in the ass. And that's like, <laughs> in that what is like good design. And I like a more clean design. I like more modern design. I like a lot of breathing room and like my stuff. Like when people like have letters that are too close together, it kind of makes me feel like suffocated. Um, so I think like, that's kind of the through line of, of everything. Um, yeah, so it definitely has. I'm like, to answer your question that you asked seven minutes ago, <laughs> yes, my design has evolved, but also there's some stuff that just will never be my style. Like sometimes people like reference like handmade paper and yeah. I'm like, not to say I don't like it, but like, I'll just, ne- it's ne- I'm never going to be romantic calligraphy on handmade paper. I'm never going to be the person you call if you're having a wedding in a ballroom. It's just not my style. Right. It's not my vibe. So um, yeah, it's just, you know things like you are that. always the person to call if you're having a wedding in Palm Springs though yeah I'm like I, and yeah sometimes person, I'm like yeah. if it doesn't have a palm tree I don't want like I want a beach wedding I love I just love you know whatever I'm I love yeah. the sun I love palm trees the colors I'm, the style and yeah. basic what can you say um but yeah and it's also like interesting to seeing certain design elements really like start to you know, I'm, I'm like, Oh, okay. This has never been done before. And then just like design themes become popular, you know? Um, yeah. and it's hard cause at first with some things, I feel like a little protective over it. Um, you know, and then people start to do it. And I'm not even saying like copying, it's just like, there are design trends and things yeah. start to like take off. And, you know, so sometimes when something becomes too popular, I'm kind of like, I start to not really you like it ick. as much yeah and just it's just because it's not even because I'm like oh I'm you know I'm that's I'm too good for that but it's more just like I want to kind of know like what the next thing is and like what can I do that's like unique and original and stuff like that but yeah. I'm certainly there's a, you know a ton of people that do like groundbreaking work like that so I'm certainly not the only one well I mean your style seems pretty cohesive like throughout like social media or website wherever people find you but do you often deal with like clients who really want something that like isn't really your thing and do you deal with a lot of that or have you kind of weeded most of those out over the years? Um, yeah so I mean we always get you know people that I mean the inquiries we get kind of like span from like lovely to being like why are you emailing us yeah. um, but like just as, you know, I get people that are like, can you, can you, sh-? we literally got one yesterday. It said, can you show me how to do this so I can do it on my own? I'm like, no. <laughs> Love that. Um, You're like, coincidentally, my Learn Letterpress course <laughs> registration is open right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is. I'm... When I started, I was really scared to say no to people. I thought that I was so, you know, anyone who wanted to work with me, I was so lucky for that. And I still feel like that. I still feel like with every inquiry, you know, unless you're asking me how, you know, for instructions for how you can write me off. Um, but like for every inquiry, I'm, I'm very like grateful that someone wants to work with me, but I used to be scared to say no. And now it's kind of like, it's more totally flipped to like, there has to be many reasons why we should say yes. Um, so if someone sends us, you know, I have to know what someone wants before we book them. Because, and that is, you know, again, like I've learned so many lessons the hard way. And that's because, and I actually, I even have in my contract that says like, if you book me and then you ask us to copy someone else or go in a design direction that we don't feel comfortable with, which usually is like asking to copy someone else, then we reserve the right to like cancel the contract with no refunds. And, you know, and that's yeah. something that, again, like I've come across some, like, you know, I've come across a couple designs that are 
like they are carbon copies of things I've done in the past. And I've always, you know, I reach out to the, the person who's like copied and it's always just been like the client, like they had booked me. I tried to push them in another direction and they had just insisted on copying your design and like, what was I supposed to do? And I'm like, I get that being a business owner and having a contract and telling someone you're going to deliver a product that they want, like you feel responsible, but also there's a point where you, it's just not aligned with what you want to do or what you want to do or your integrity. So yeah. So we kind of added that clause to our contract. Um, but also if someone sends a mood board, that's like not my vibe, you know, um, like I have, I'm a hard no on anything pink, anything with butterflies, anything with like sparkle unless it's holographic anything with like super (laughs) romantic like handmade calligraphy like I've got a lot of no's and I think that's an important thing in like finding your aesthetic and stuff you know is like totally knowing what you don't knowing what you don't want to do is just as important as knowing what you do want to do and I wasn't like that at first at first I would try like everything and I still definitely have like design flavors of the month like sometimes I just I'm in I'm feeling like really minimal like a pretty calligraphy and stuff like that you know so I feel like I am kind of all over the place in that regard but um yeah I think it's just like so to answer your question (laughs) (laughs) that actually answers several questions there was a gold nugget there that like mood boarding the things that you don't want to do is such a brilliant (laughs) idea and like there- oh yeah like in finding yeah. that yeah like finding what you don't want to do and that was like something I was working with a copywriter on my site and like I had already finished and then one day you know and I actually have a client right now who has a ballroom wedding but they have like a very and it's in New York but it's, they have like a very like west coast vibe and stuff like that but I was thinking about it and I was like I think I've only done like one other ballroom wedding and that was years ago like I just don't do ballroom weddings like I don't I also don't do a lot of like southern weddings like there's a specific type of like design and client and place that just doesn't either it's just not a good fit or like most of all does it creatively interest me um and yeah I think that's super important I think it's also like from like a client perspective like I think that you should go to somebody because you like their style because 100 and any any type of creative industry when you give that person free reign to do what they do best you're gonna 100 percent of the time get a better product like it's yeah. like yeah I have several tattoos and I always find an artist that I like their style it's like mm-hmm. and then recently I got a new one and the tattoo artist was like this has been so much fun like I love working with another creative because like I was like whatever you think man like you're the artist here like this is your realm this is your medium like you do what you think will be best and like you get a much better result and a much better product when you allow that creative person to just stretch their muscles and fly. You know, it's, it's, I think it'd be like going to get a haircut and asking them to do a perm, you know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's not their specialty. Like, why would you have them do it? You know, it's like, it's the same thing. And I think like, you know, it's, there's, I mean, we could talk for hours about how it's so, you know, it's the client process is hard. People saying things on Instagram and wanting it reproduced is hard and everything like that. But like the last couple of designs I did, like the client, or I should say the last couple of designs where the client had complete trust in me, um, which A, is also terrifying. There are a few yeah. things more scary than someone being like, I mean, it's it's liberating and it feels amazing. And it's such a compliment when someone says they fully trust you, but it's also like, oh my God, I have to be really good. But like the past couple of designs I did where the client was like, I fully trust you. It, it, you know, like it was so much fun and I had such a great time designing it. And you know, the client was so appreciative and it's so funny because those are also the clients, um, that like, you know, custom design is, is very, it's like a 
it is a huge pain point for me. Um, and like I mentioned, like it's something I'm stopping, but like, um, it's more the revision process of custom design that I can't, that is really hard for me because you do this design that you put your life and your work into and like, you know, you're working on on a weekend. It's always taking up your brain energy. It's always like an open tab in the back of your brain that you're thinking about. And then you send it to a client and they're like, and then they have so many edits and it kind of destroys you and kills your soul, you know, and that's why I'm stopping. But the past couple ones where the client said, I totally trust you. They had zero design edits. They were like, I love it. I love it as is. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been working for. Like towards all these years are those type of, of people. Yeah. It's such an amazing feeling when someone trusts you and very scary. scary. (laughs) It's always, yeah, it's hard. I think there's like two elements to that. Like, yes, it's amazing when somebody says like you have free reign, like do whatever you think, but also like you, sometimes you need a little bit of that, like help to funnel in like where like to narrow down like where you want to go like I think if they came to you and were like you know we're open like whatever you think yeah. it's like uh like but and, like and people like think you know they think they're open and I'm like are right, you know what then tell me things you hate again like yeah. me I can totally the, the list of things that I'm not going to touch are is long you know so if someone's <laughs> like oh I hate that I'm like see that's good and yeah I had a client once they had no I usually ask for like some references of stationery. Tell me some things that you like about like something. And I had a client where they, there's zero, it was literally zero reference. It was like, we just want to get weird. And I sent them a design and they didn't like it. Um, and, and I knew I wasn't like at my full potential. Like, you know, when you send a design and sometimes you're like, Oh, I'm nailing this. And then other times you're like, I don't know. I'm just like, it doesn't feel, there's something about it. It doesn't feel aligned. Um, I sent it and they were like, they weren't into it. So I kind of like went back to the drawing board and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go crazy. Um, and it ended up being this like really, one of my favorite things I've done, this wedding invitation for like Palm Springs, um, which is like super colorful with a lot of production methods and things like that. But yeah, that was a, that was a hard process where again, they had like zero references of any stationary ever. And that's, and that's (laughs) to me what like custom is. It's like, you're not working off of oh, I like this spot here and I like that flower there. It's like you're working off of like, you know, like ethereal, ethereal, but modern. You're like, okay, I got to somehow make a design from those two words. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty like wide open. Like, wow. That's, I don't know what I would do with that. That's for sure. I've I've felt really similar that, um, I absolutely love printing. It is why I started this business and left my former career behind. And I've always been a designer. I worked in interior design before. So like, I just assumed that doing custom invitation suites would be like 100% up my alley. But there are days where I'm staring at like the intake form and I'm looking at their words and I'm just like, what do I do with these words? And then it takes me weeks to ponder it. And then like the last minute before the deadline, I'm like, brilliant idea. Here we go. Oh, Jillian, you are not alone. 100%. That is like, you know, people are like, oh, why does design take so long? It's like, it takes so long because for two to three weeks, I'm sitting here in my brain thinking that I'm never going to figure this out. I am complete shit. Why did they hire me? I should refund their money right now. I am not worthy. I am like, that's the first two to three weeks. And then two days before it's due, when I'm like super caffeinated, I come, I'm like, oh my God, I finally got it. And then, and then I still, you know, and then like eight hours before, I I hope none of my clients listen to this, God, but like, that's really what it is. But it also, I'm kind of like, but that's, but most creators I've talked to, like, that's our process and that's how it works. You know, it's like, and I think 
once I finally identified that, that like that feeling of I am garbage, nothing, (laughs) nothing I do is good. I am never going to break through this wall of like, whatever the, you know, the creative block of writer's block is, you know, like, I'm never going to break through. I'm never going to come up with this. Once I realized that that's always a constant in my, in like the process. And then I always end up coming up with something. Like once I identified that and got used to it, I stopped having like the panic attacks and I'm like, okay, this is just that part of the creative, you know, wave. And I'm just going to ride it and keep going. And then we'll, we'll figure it out. (laughs) And sometimes you do have to send that first round that doesn't feel a hundred percent good because you just need that feedback. Like, yes, 100%. I sent a proof out to a client who they had like a laundry list of stuff that they wanted that they liked whatever which makes it hard which also now I'm like okay now clients you can listen at this part it makes it a lot (laughs) harder like I like specificity that's good but like I had a client once that like it was like 50 references and then once you digest it you're like this literally is impossible so I need like a little bit more broad like you know so yeah, and getting yeah. their feedback, like just for some reason, unlocked. Like as soon as I heard yes. that they didn't like this thing that I'd made to appease them, I was like, "All right, I've uh-huh. got an idea. Let's roll with it." Sometimes they also say like one word that you like latch onto. You're like, "That's the thing I was missing the first time." Like oh. that's the thing. Like, and you're like, "Boom! Now I've got it. Like and locked in. We're ready to go." And you crank it out in like a day. <laughs> yes. And some words are so subjective. So it's also like, that's also the thing. It's just like, yeah, things are subjective. Translating. Like, yeah. I'm the same. I'm like, sometimes I look at like a, you know, color and I'm like, that's, you know, this, you know, that's gray. And then Kate's like, no, that's like sage. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know, so everything is subjective. So yes, yeah, sometimes you need to just like send that first draft because the feedback is the thing that unlocks it all. And even if the feedback is that they hate it, which is terrible feedback to receive and soul sucking and I'm not makes me cry sometimes. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's definitely a lot of rough days in this, uh, oh, in this business. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, for sure. And also like, again, it's like, I think that's like the important part in the vetting process is also knowing who your client is like, you know, so it's just like, it's also knowing having your boundaries with them and having, you know, outlining how you handle revisions and how revisions are done. And also, yeah, having a good idea of what they want going into it. And again, like no shocker, I'm a visual person. You guys are visual people. So instead of a word like whimsy, I would love a picture of, you know, give me some things that evoke this vibe that you're like trying to Mm -hmm. have. Totally. Yeah. I think also like the term mood board is so much like is so helpful in our industry. Like, a mood board like with photos of flowers that you like and colors that you love and like a painting that you find you know fits the style that you want like Mm -hmm. all of that is so much more helpful than like someone else's invitation design you know you're like do you want this exact design or did you like that this floral element was there or do you just like the fonts or the colors yeah and that's another thing it's on handmade paper or whatever yeah Yeah. and like if someone sends us like oh here's my pinterest leak so you can see my mood but it's all someone else's work red flag like it's so other rule is you know is that our what's reference if it's other stationers work it has to be 75% ours um and, and not like we like crunch we're not like okay well 12 out of 17 picture you know um but, and that's not because we're like vain and it's like oh you have to like us the most but it's just like I'm not pulling from other people's work like I can pull yeah. from stuff we've done but I'm not going to copy someone else um and totally. clearly like you would just be better served elsewhere right. Yeah, like that stationer that you were looking at. So yeah. I have to ask, if you're not yeah. doing um, custom, are you doing semi-custom? 
is there still like a wedding element to Swell Press going forward? Yeah, so there will always be a wedding element to Swell Press um, just because like I do, it's funny, I'm not like our super wedding-y person, you know, um, but I love our clients. I love the relationship we build with them. I love our planners and I just love making stuff. But um, yeah, I'm just taking a break from custom and I'm not, I don't want to say like I'm indefinitely never doing it again. Um, but it's just like the past couple years with like the rush of last year and this year, it has just been like, I have been churning out the most like depleting creative things, which again, some things like really excite me, but it's very hard work. It's especially for me, like I'm a really emotional person. Um, it's just a lot of work and I'm at the point where like, I just need to take a break for designing for other people and design. I really want to put the creative energy into making the, like the products for Swell Press and to making more stock designs. Like mostly it's designing new designs that are going to be part of like a stock collection, um, and that type of stuff. So like, I'll always need a creative outlet. I just need a little break from being creative at the behest of other people. I want to do it just for myself for a little bit, which I don't think I've ever really had. I've never had like more than a week pass, I think, without some type of really creatively taxing like new idea do. Um, So I'm just interested to see what life is like when I can channel that energy into some other projects that I have been wanting to do. Watch out world. It is. (laughs) That's going to yield some crazy stuff. What will she come up with now? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I've what I've learned is my my friend Meg from Bell and Union. She's just like you have to st-, she because she has a a successful retail store and she has some lines and she's like these ideas you have are great. And she's like, but Brittany, like you're never going to make margins if you're trying to sell a three color note card on three ply paper in a custom box. Like, what are you going to sell for $85? She's like, (laughs) you need to like scale back. So I think that's also going to be like an interesting challenge for me is to find, come up with ideas that are also profitable. Because Yeah. yeah, like our, we have like holographic edge note cards and just a blank note card with no printing on it, like just the, the card because I wanted to do the really thick paper. I wanted to do the three-ply paper and then getting edge gilding is expensive. Um, like just the blank note card is like $1.25. And that is before it comes with an envelope and that is before we print it and that is before we package Boxes. it. And it's like, it's probably like, it's not profitable, but I'm like, I like it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a slippery slope for all of yep. us. Like, yeah. you know, we we so desperately want to like make this thing and put it out there and you know, even if you sell some you're like, this is amazing. I'm selling these. You're like, yeah, but but did you like actually make your money back on that thing? Like debatable, you know, but Yeah. And that'll be interesting cuz like for wedding invitations, it's like, you know, and not to it's the profit part is like it's harder for me to navigate maybe than some because, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys know, like you can never really know how much time and bandwidth a client is going to require, you know, even though we have in our contract, like, okay, you have two, two revisions. Sometimes one of the revisions can, can be just as hard, if not harder than the first design. So it's like, then once you like take that math into account, and then sometimes like your press is just being really hard to operate. So it's that kind of margin is, is a little bit more difficult to find versus like, the retail stuff where it's like, okay, I'm going to dedicate two days to producing all of these note cards. This is what it costs. You know, I can um, like prorate the cost of like the studio and the salaries I pay and be like, if we dedicate everything to these two days, this is a cost of making these and we can see how much money we made. Um, so that'll be like interesting. Cause I'm, I've never really 
done that math for retail, you know, just because we haven't had like that level of that like line, you know, a line of products like that. Yes. But I, I have just, I just have expensive taste. Like I bought this paper <laughs> to do journals in and it's this book cloth that I'm going to buy in the journals in, but it's made from recycled ocean plastics, which like really excited me. Cause I don't think anyone in the, I got it from overseas. No figure. <laughs> um, and I don't think anyone in like the U S has this paper, has this like paper. So it's really exciting to me. But it's also like, but is someone going to pay $80 for a notebook, even if it did take plastic out, you know? So I think that'll, yeah, yeah I don't know. It'll Finding be a balance between your, your exquisite taste and actual profits. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. <laughs> but that's also why I don't wholesale and I never, you know, we have people reach out. Some people ask us to like wholesale our wedding invitations designs and other people are like, oh, the, the hollow edge cards or something we wholesale. And I'm like, I, I can't, like, I just don't have the margins to do that, especially with like, yeah. you know, I have employees that I like to pay, you know, a fair wage and, you know, our rent's expensive and stuff like that. I just, I flat out. Even wholesale. not fancy cards without having a lot of overhead in my business, I still can't make wholesale make sense for me. Yeah. Well, with greeting cards, I never, I don't see how yeah. people do it. You know, you have to do a ton. It's, it's, it's a very. Yeah. And yeah. then you're always taking a risk that, that like. That is kind of sell. And I have yeah. learned that if yeah, you print totally. them, they may not come. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. And they may say that they are coming and you've built it and they still do not come. <laughs> you know, the Instagram comments might lead you to believe that like, how far should we go with this metaphor? The Instagram comments may lead you to believe that you need to build more bleachers in that, in that baseball yeah. field. And then when, when push comes to shove, they did not yeah. actually come. <laughs> Seriously. No Cracker Jacks, no nothing. Yeah. yeah. Cracker Jacks. No souvenirs. I love it. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, we're excited yeah. for you. I mean, that sounds like I, I just love like when, especially as creative people, we learn like what serves us. And mm -hmm. it sounds like you're like, okay, I'm a little burnout. I'm a little tired of like spending all of my energy on other people. I want to like, just take a breather and let my creativity, like creativity has to flow. You can't force it. It's not something that you can just like push through like I know if, if only when the clock struck 9 a.m we could hit a button and yeah. all of a we could be creative but instead it's yeah. usually at 1 a.m when I'm trying to go to bed and then I have the totally idea out. so yeah, yeah I know I'm yeah I'm excited too and it's and it's hard and you know and I don't want to act like oh it's fine like oh money doesn't matter and I certainly don't want to come off like that because that's also like a huge stressor of that like you know I I've been financially viable with Swell Press from day one. And that's something that's been really important to me is to like not go into debt with the business, not like borrow money or take on an investor or anything like that. So also making these huge leaps and just praying that they're going to work out, you know, because again, like, you know, right now we actually just like closed our bookings for the foreseeable future. Like even for what, like for stock designs, we're just like, I need a, like, I need a break. And that's also scary because it's, if it was, you know, if it was just me, it would be like, okay, well, I can just like, you know, maybe I dab like go into my savings a little bit and stuff like that. But like, just even if we're doing nothing, the bare minimum to, to pay rent and to keep my, you know, my employees employed and stuff is such a high bar to cross. So that's also like a huge stressor and something that has definitely been something that's hard to navigate is like following the stuff that makes me happy and, you know, is creatively fulfilling and then also like making margins. And that's why, because we haven't relied on retail 
the margins in retail thus far haven't really mattered that much. You know, like if I spend a thousand dollars on, you know, on just prepping my holographic cards and then I sell them slowly and eventually one day I make my money back, that's not really that big of a deal because we're, you know, we're doing a ton of wedding stuff and things like that. So, you know, it's scary to think that we're going to take a little break from weddings and I'm really going to have to, you know, dig into like the profit levels of retail and products and things like that. And yeah. And hoping people will come. (laughs) Yeah. And will education still play a pretty big role as well for you? Yeah. Well, I love, I love teaching. Like that's actually one of the first things I did is when I bought my press, um, you know, I, I took a lesson, like you mentioned in your incredible intro, I took a lesson from Mabel at Lala Press, who doesn't offer lessons anymore. I'll just spare everyone the Googling. Um, but she was actually <laughs> super encouraging and she was like, you should buy a press. And she's like, honestly, just like give lessons and you can pay it off in no time. So I gave, once I got out of my garage and into the studio, I started giving private lessons and I loved, I did, I love them. I love teaching. I just, I don't know. I, I love sharing the knowledge. I love seeing someone's eyes light up when they like make the first impression and they're like, Woohoo, I love it, you know? Um, and then eventually it just became like, it didn't make sense financially. Like, unless I have five lessons in a day, it's, you know, and I stack them back to back. Like, it doesn't really make sense for me to like break up my day like that. Um, and then when COVID hit, you know, the idea of doing an online class had, had always been in the back of my mind, but I come from a background, I worked in like um, TV and commercial production. So I know too much about filming to, to like, just think it was like, oh, I'm just going to film. Like I got way in my head about like the camera angles and like the light and, you know, what I'm going to do. I got, you know, so I was just like being a pain in the ass about thinking about that. So I was always like, no, it's, you know, it's just not going to be possible. And then I had spoken to, um, Elizabeth, who's a friend of mine who took my in-person class. And I was like, I, you know what I really want to do? Maybe now's the time to do an online lesson. I just loved it. Like I loved, I loved teaching. I, I loved every part of it. And I am, you know, there's not, I'm really hard on myself and there's not that many things I'm like pat myself on the back about, but like the end product of the course is something I'm really proud about. And, you know, and a lot of that credit goes to Elizabeth finding an incredible, film crew, um, you know, and also just like really like steering me in the right direction. And she did a ton of the legwork. Um, so I loved that course. And yeah, there is like an intention to have another course as well as open up some like in-person lessons. And also with the studio, like once we're fully moved in, um, we're going to open it up to workshops, like calligraphy workshops and the things that like we all did pre (laughs) pre, uh, 2020 when, you know, things actually happened online. Like I would go and I would take hand lettering, you know, workshops. I'm, I can't do it at all. It's so hard. I have such a, you know, appreciation for, you know, watercolor and calligraphy and all that stuff. Cause I'm not good at it. Um, but I, Ooh. I would always take the workshops cause they were fun to me. So I'm excited to have a space that I can also like post things like that. Amazing. So, yeah, yeah I mean, education will always be something that's, I don't know. Yeah. I just love teaching and I, you know, I offer mentorship calls for people. It's a lot of the people that book the calls are people that have actually taken my course and then need like further information. Um, which like, if you're listening and you haven't taken the course, which I assume that's probably like a lot of, you know, a lot of you listeners, it's like, it's a very in-depth course. I will just say that it's, you know what, full circle, you know, going into it, I was like, I don't know, three, three to five hours and it's eight <laughs> hours of footage. And I should have called it like a master class because it was three days yeah. of shooting, eight hours. It's it a really lot of is. stuff. Mariah um, and I both yeah. have taken it and, um, it is truly a work of art in and of itself. Like 
yes, it is mm-hmm. super informational. Thank you yes, so much. we learned so much from it. But like, you could watch these videos the way that you would watch a movie. Like, they're so well produced. <laughs> I love the blooper reel. <laughs> like, I, yeah, the blooper reel. I remember, like, sure. I sh- I obviously went straight to like the platin section because I needed to get like mm-hmm. all that info and absorb that. And then the one night I was yeah. just sitting here waiting for my fiance to get home, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go watch the other sections. And I I poured a glass <laughs> of wine. I watched. It's it's so good. It honestly could not have been done better it's so amazing I think also like so what's so hard about letterpress is like most of us do not have access to the full range of things right or some people don't even get to see a press before they offer to buy it right like so to be able to you know as someone Mm -hmm. like you Britt who has all of the different equipment like to be able to get an overview of even just the different types of presses is massively helpful for anyone who's interested in becoming a printer or buying a press or has no clue, you know, what's capable, like what letterpress is capable of. Like, I think there's so many different parts of the course that are relevant to different people, but like, no matter how experienced you are watching that course, you're going to learn something like, or at least come up with a new way to look at how to do something, you know, like even if you're an experienced, you know, old white guy in the face, <laughs> you may watch it and be like, you may watch it and be like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Or, wow, that's a, that's a fun new way to try that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's, like, the important thing is that, like, I think getting anyone else's perspective is invaluable. And that's, yeah. you know, if you just learn, like, one small thing. And I have friends that are printers and they, like, would watch my course and they're like, wait, you do it that way? Like, that's not how I do <laughs> yeah. it. And I'm like, and, and also, like, I think I said this in the opening, but it's like, like, I'm a self-taught, I'm self-taught at everything. I'm self-taught, I'm not a professional graphic designer. I'm self-taught at illustrator. I'm self-taught printer. I say, you know, I'm sure I call certain parts like the thingy majoo, you know? And it's like, <laughs> I don't know what the real name is. And it's like, I'm not yeah. saying my way is the right way. And again, I think that's like important with business. A lot of people have like the, an approach, like with stationery. It's like, you need to do this. And it's like, well, what works for you might not, there's everyone is different circumstances everyone is different you know with kind of comes with business and also with like presses like everyone's presses are different um so I think that's like it's just yeah it's nice to see all the different kinds of of presses and experience that I think also like the resources that are out there are so disorganized and so like you know random bits and pieces it's like we're just like it's like walking along the beach with like a metal detector hoping (laughs) to like find a full set of jewelry you know it's like I don't know. You can piece it together and, you know, get things along the way, but it's the the course you created yeah. is like all in one, everything, not everything that you need, but like pretty much everything you need at least to get started is right there, yeah. you know? And it's a, and it's more like, you know, and it's, and if so, if, if someone's listening and they like haven't looked at it, it's more about the process of printing and designing for print, because I'm a firm believer that like when you know how a method works, then you are best equipped to produce yeah. for that method. That's why with my vendors, I am so annoying. I'm like, will you like my die maker? And I'm like, but how do you make the die? Can you please explain to me how you make the die? Cause I want to <laughs> know how. And they're just like, Oh my God, go away. But it's the same thing with like anything yeah. that I outsource. <laughs> I want, if I can't do it in house, like I want to know how it's done because then I can create a better design taking advantage of that, you know, of like, of that method. And that's like how I feel about, you know, letter presses. Cause we do print for some designers um, and 
sometimes they send me stuff that's just not possible. And I'm like, if you, if you knew about letterpress, um, then you would know that like this thing that you're pitching is just truly not possible. So I think that's also really important. Um, the class doesn't talk about like business or anything like that, just because, you know, I, that's a whole other yeah, course. Be next, yeah. Next and, you know, yeah. I've talked about like a, you know, I've talked to like a business coach and I've also talked to like a CPA about like teaming up and doing some type of like a creative, like, you know, business for creative things, but there's also so many like other resources out there that are, that already exist for that. So I just like, I love to, teach. but I will tell you this, Britt, <laughs> I will tell you That's this, great. that it does not exist for letterpress artisans and, it is so different for letterpress, especially with pricing and accounting for the labor, uh -huh. because for someone who designs stationery and then outsources the printing, they can just take the margins of whatever they get. It is a get. clear profit margin. Yes. 100%. Right. Yeah. They just take that. And for us, it's like, it is actually so complicated to be both the designer and 100%. the printer. Yeah. And also it's like, you don't know, you know, we've done one, like a simple note card, a simple note card, put a name at the top, one color. And it was, it was like so hard. It was something weird with like the plate and the paper and it ended up taking like four hours. And I'm like, well, I lost yeah. a ton of money on this one. So like, it's also, there's that level of unpredictability, which makes it really hard. So like the business portion of being a designer and a printer and all that stuff it is it's very hard like, I wish I could say with confidence that I'm I have it all figured out but I'm still working on that it's just yeah it's a really difficult thing to kind of grasp all the multi, you know the many things and also like make it super hard to predict well we really love to learn letterpress I don't know if I said that enough <laughs> thank <yet>. you <laughs> that means a lot it was like the it we'll was say it the, again it was such a rewarding thing to to do Everyone who is listening, um, if you have not already taken the course, you need to go get on the wait list for the next time it opens because even if you've been printing for 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, or five minutes, it is super, super helpful and delightful to watch, <laughs> to be honest. Thank you. <laughs> We should we should share in our Instagram uh, stories like your blooper reel or something because that'd be fun as well. <laughs> I, know. I remember I was like I'm kind of towing the line between like how much you know being myself, um, which is just like a you know I'm a weirdo, and then being you know having a business and being professional. <laughs> yeah, the professionalism side. It's like and also because your business is based on like you and your personality, like that comes across in your designs. Yeah. I'm sure it's like you know, how much your personality is supposed to like reign over your professionalism and how can yeah. you meet in the middle it's like sometimes? The, the mullet it's a tough challenge. Like the business and the front, you know? Yeah. Like the, mullet, the mullet of running a business. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. That's amazing. <laughs> you yeah. are just so you oh, and it shows whenever you show up on Instagram in through your posts, your products, whatever it is, and people see it and they love you for it. So no, that blooper reel was gold <laughs> and everyone everyone loves it. Thank you. I mean, like I, 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 me, like anyone else, I see other people and I wonder how they have it all together and how, you know, and I'm like, what's their secret, blah, blah. blah. And, you know, I lately just, I, you know, I'm kind of like emo with Instagram. I feel like everyone kind of goes through those phases where I'm like, oh, it's, it's just hard for me. But sometimes I'm like, I, I need to, you know, I've shared some and I feel like I need to share more about like the struggles of all this stuff. Like it's, you know, it's really hard. It's, you know, it's really hard work. I get imposter syndrome all the time. 
I have like envies, you know, sometimes what other people is doing, you know, I, and I feel like I don't want to be vain and say that, like, I know there are people that are looking at me like with that, like, you know, what's, I don't know what the word I'm talking mm-hmm. but like with like aspiration yeah. or something. And that sounds so, so vain to say, and I don't want to say that, but I'm just saying that because sometimes someone, the numbers on an Instagram following, it's like, oh, it's like, you know, you think like, oh, everything's fine because you have so and so many followers or like you have this big studio, but it's not like that at all. Like there are people like that stuff doesn't translate to the real world, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yes, I have a big studio yeah. and I have incredible employees that I'm so lucky to have. And I have like, you know, like, you know, the white walls and the white ceiling, like I always wanted in a big studio with all my presses, but like, that doesn't mean that I don't also sometimes envy that it's not just me in my garage with no overhead and the Simple. freedom to yeah. go take off for a month if I wanted to, or things like that, you know, like there's always the other side of it. And I feel like I don't want it to, you know, I, I want to be real with that. Cause I never want someone in, maybe I'm being an asshole right now. No one looks at me like that. So <laughs> <laughs> highly doubt it. Highly doubt that you got two, you got two no, girls so right like, here. Yeah. It's hard to sometimes maybe be like, am I that person for someone else? Because like, it's not, and not to say that like, I haven't achieved a lot and it's not, I'm not like, you know, I am, I'm proud of what I've done and it's, you know, and I'm very lucky to be in this position where I can do what I set out to do and do what I love and to make money and to make, you know, a living doing that. But it's also like, it's really isolating sometimes like being a business owner and not only being a business owner, but sometimes having, you know, having employees. It's like the, my employees are the only people that truly understand the stress that we're under sometimes, but I can't complain to them about mm-hmm, it yeah. because they're my employees. So it's also like really isolating. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of really shitty things about that. And I don't want to seem like I'm ungrateful, but I'm just being realistic of like, this is the truth. It's like, yeah, it's really hard to run a business and it's not all like pretty paper and like fun in the studio, you know, like sometimes it is, but sometimes things are really stressful. And sometimes I go to my car and I cry a lot. So it's like, I just don't want there to be like that illusion again. There's probably not that illusion, but (laughs) you know, well, I think a lot of people do look up to you uh, in the industry or as designers or printers, however, you know, they may be, but I I think it's just another reminder of like, everyone goes through imposter syndrome and everyone starts somewhere and everyone thinks that they have so much further to go, no matter where they're at in their journey. Like, I, I don't know. Is, has anyone ever been like, okay, I did it. I'm done now. Like (laughs) I'm lying to myself now and saying that that will be me when I get the retail space. (laughs) I literally imagine I'm going to take my, take my printing apron off and hang it up and then what, you know, do that with my hands and say, (laughs) okay, I've made it. I've done it. So I'm lying to myself about that, but I don't know. Yeah. But there's always some give and take behind the scenes that a lot of people don't show. So like, I'm always very appreciative of any creative who just comes on to a social platform and like spells it like it is because it it's hard. It's hard. And I think we've touched upon a really good message for our listeners who mostly are new and aspiring printers that appreciate the moment you're in because being in your garage, printing on the one little press that you have, this is a moment that like, it has its benefits. 100%. And it's an amazing moment and you can appreciate that. And one day you'll get to the point that you thought you would never get to, which is me now. I, I truly never thought I would have a studio with a retail spot. Um, and you'll, and some days you will, you know, yearn for the yesteryear of printing in your garage. Like it, it is true. So yeah. it's just like, 
I mean, it's just a total mind fuck. But yeah, it's like you have to know this, you know, the struggle. And it's also like seeing other people and it's like, oh, you have, you know, 80,000 or whatever Instagram followers. And it's like, but I've been on Instagram for like, I worked so hard at it the first couple of years. Like it's a lot of work and it doesn't happen overnight. And I remember even when I started Instagram, I thought, I thought it was so saturated. I was like, oh, there's not, there's not even a point to like trying to do this. It's so saturated. So it's like, even if you're waiting to do that thing, because you think the market's too saturated or they don't need another person or anything like that. It's like, it's only going to get, you know, what's the, it's like an old, it's like a proverb. It's like the, the best day to start is yesterday. The next best day to start is today. So it's something like that. Today, it's like just yeah. like doing it because, um, yeah, you're, it's, it's really easy to like overthink everything and never oh start. God. Yeah. But yeah. Like, Sometimes you just have to leap and what is it you said? Yeah. It's not like my, yeah, that's like, I don't want to like take credit. Oh, yeah. I'm not, that's like a phrase that it's, it's, I heard it somewhere. It's like you jump yeah. and build the parachute on the way down. That's how I've done everything with, yeah. with business. It's like, I've always run it from, you know, I've again, like, and I hate saying this because I don't want it to seem like not having finances on the brain is important, but I've always made business choices, not from a business financial standpoint, but from a part truly just like from my gut and my heart, like moving into the studio we're in now was financially probably dumb, but it just felt really right. You know? So it's like, and also I'm very, I'm, you know, I'm, I was fortunate in building the business that like when I started Swell Press as a side hustle, I had a, I had a job where I made like really good money. So I was able to put that money towards the business. But unlike a lot of my peers, like I don't own a house, like that money that I was putting towards, you know, dump, you know, $20,000 to buy and ship a Vandercook and stuff like that. Had I kind of compiled that and not, and just kept my job and not had swell press as a thing, like we would probably own a beautiful house and, you know, stuff like that. But like, that's a sacrifice that I made because that extra money all went to building the business. So there's also just like, it's always stuff that like, I think like, you don't see. Um, yeah. I mean, anyway, we're yeah, there's a give and take. Yeah. yeah. There's a give and take to being successful and the grass is always greener and you know, yeah. we all, we all wish we did something different or sooner or yeah. whatever. It's not what's but... the, I'm like, now I'm just like saying yeah. like Instagram memes, but I'm like, what is it? If the grass is greener, it's AstroTurf. <laughs> if the grass is always greener, yeah. it's probably AstroTurf. But like, that's the thing. It's like, you, you know, even though it's like, I, you know, I, you know, Swell Press was like financially, supported itself from day one but that also means like I didn't pay myself for the first three years of swell press I it was a side hustle I I paid and then for the first year I lived off my savings that I made from my other job but again like we didn't have kids I didn't have student debt so I had a lot of other things like working it to my advantage you know that's I've always had faith in myself like even if I fuck up it's the worst that's gonna happen is just that like okay maybe I like you know don't pay myself for a while but I'll figure it out but it's like I don't ever want to I didn't ever want to like go in debt, but most importantly, I didn't ever want to like owe anyone that much. I didn't want to like take that on. I wanted it to be, there's something also really great about like having a business that's 100% yours and you can do whatever the hell you want. I think that's like, you know, you can say no to whatever client you want. Like you don't, you know, I think that's also just like something that's really empowering about doing what we do, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Jillian and I were literally just before we got on this call talking about basically the same thing, like just how, you know, it may be really difficult sometimes. Some days it's Mm -hmm. really amazing, but it's ours, you know, and like it's ours. And if we mess up, it's on us. But if we do really well, it's also on us, you know, and it's like that is that is what keeps us doing it, you know, at least for me, uh, you -hmm. know, like that motivation and that like, you know, you reap the benefits as well as, you know, 
suffer the consequences of your <laughs> own actions, but it's it's your choice ultimately. My, you know, like, which I'm is, like, my ass is constantly on the line. Like when I like when we mail out invitations, <laughs> yeah. especially if it's like a super intense like custom job, I'm just like for the next like two weeks, my jaw is clenched, just being like, I just need to know that none of them got returned, that we're all good, you know, that like none of them, that like nothing. So yeah. it's like. Yeah, your ass is always on the yeah. line. But yeah, like you said, like, and I was just talking to someone about this because my, my old job was in like production. And I remember like my old producer, like she, she looked to me one night because it was like another night where it was like a, you know, 14 hour day, which was a normal, like, you know, it was a normal thing. And she looked at me, she's like, can you imagine if we worked this hard, but for something that was ours? And, you know, she's yeah. like, cause we're working this hard, but we're still getting paid the same. And it's so the, you know, the owner of the company can go buy his yep. a second Makes Lamborghini, more. you know, but imagine yep. if you were working <laughs> yeah. this hard for something that is a hundred percent yours. And I was like, hell yeah. And I was like, but nothing's going to be as hard as production. And then here I am. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Psych. Yeah. I literally worked a 22 hour day the other day. Like I got into the studio at 8am and I left at 6am because I had to get this thing out. And it was like, ter- it was, I cry. It was like, I told the girls at the studio, I was like, it was like a one woman show. Like I was crying at some point. I was laughing at some point. I was like, but it's like that's the reality of it when again like your ass is on the line it's but it's all ours maybe we should pitch netflix to do a series (laughs) it's just a camera and like us in our shop just like watching us like witnessing all of the ups and downs of printing a job like one day it's dramatic enough on its own a drama a comedy a tragedy (laughs) A horror one, movie. <laughs> one single day. A horror oh, movie. God. There could be blood. Oh my God. Gore. What's the worst? Have you, and knock on wood, but have you guys gotten injured yet? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. I like, so when I first bought my press, it came uh-huh. with a motor and the first time right, I plugged I it in, um, <laughs> yeah, I thought you may have heard it, but like I plugged it in and literally like immediately my boyfriend was helping me and I was like, unlock it. <laughs> like just this moment of like terror it was like watching a train like come straight towards you like I was just like what and because they're metal and loud and like it was insane but like fortunately you know we've seen other printers who've shared when they've gotten injured and stuff but we've managed to avoid that Mm -hmm. for the most part but Mm -hmm. Julian and I have both had our our breakdowns and our all-nighters and I cry a lot as well yeah (laughs) like I am like you know I swell press would not be here if it wasn't for my husband having like physically picked me up off the ground crying many many times sometimes he's had to come in and reprint things because I'm like I I'm like I can't do I can't do I'm gonna if I had a dollar for every time I said I was gonna quit like I probably yeah I would have a hundred (laughs) dollars but yeah we're very fortunate to have supportive partners uh who do the same I guess actually I will say when I got a concussion it was because I was going out to Uh, press so I could say I got injured yeah you slipped I slipped on the ice yeah yeah yeah. And I was going out because I discovered after owning it for like eight months that my ink disc is two parts and it spins. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to go check this out. And I just ate shit on Ooh. the ice here in Minnesota in the middle of January or yeah. February and got a concussion. Yeah. So we'll count that. Yeah. In Minnesota, you have, <laughs> have you, you definitely have, have a hair dryer uh, warming up your platen, don't you? Your ink disc. Yeah. I've used the hair. Yeah. yeah. Yep, I have, I've built like, I build like a little, my boyfriend, the first last winter built like this little enclosure and I use like 
three millimeter plastic and a 220 volt heater. And it looks like, I swear, every time my neighbors see us open the garage door, I'm like, they probably think we're like making drugs or doing something really sketchy. Cause it's like a fluorescent light. I always said that. I was like, people think we're making meth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this looks so, so stupid, but yeah. whatever. It works. <laughs> Oh man. Well, plot and presses yeah. are like, that's, that's like, I think also the big reason it's like, I am a klutz and I'm a space cadet. So the thought of a plot and press, like, even though I know, I know, um, like intellectually, like if a piece of paper falls, you do not get it. You let it fall. But it's like yeah. breaking yourself from that. I just a don't reflex. trust myself. Yeah. Like, I'm just too, you know, even when I taught my plot and presses in person lessons, I didn't run it with the motor, um, which mine is adjustable speed. Thank God. Cause sometimes we crank it to even like you know, it's, I think it goes one to 12 and sometimes we crank it to like five and I'm like, how does anyone do this? You know, the fastest we've done, we do three, that's the fastest we've done. But even when I teach it in person, I, um, I don't run the motor. I like, I push the flywheel on the side by hand and then I have my other foot like on the yeah. brake. Um, cause I'm just so, I'm so scared of that. Yeah. 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 I, we've, Jillian and I have talked about this a lot because hers is foot up, is foot travel operated. And then like, she's like, your press terrifies me. And I'm like, yeah. your press terrifies me. Like I know. there's just, mm-hmm. when you get comfortable with one thing, I think like it is a lot scarier to do that other thing. 100%. But, and that's like windmills used to terrify the shit out of me. I'm like, oh my God, it looks, it's like, yeah. the, you know, home alone, like the heat, the heater it's in so the basement. Like that was very much the windmill to me. <laughs> and then now it's like, you, you know how to work it. And it's like, you know, it's like this like beautiful thing. Um, um, but yeah, they're terrifying, but yeah, it is. Like you said, it's like, whatever. That's why when people ask, they're like, Oh, what kind of press should I get? And they freak out. And I'm like, look in the, in the long run, whatever you get, as long as it's not a tabletop, sorry guys, but as long as you get <laughs> like, whatever you get, you'll be fine. You know? Um, yeah. Like, so it's like, you just, it's all just like the learning curve. And even with like a tabletop, like, you know, if you can make it work, you just have to sometimes cut your you know, your plate up and do it in two different runs and things like that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Print this corner sure. and that corner and that Yeah, corner so and like you'll always this word like, and then that word and yeah, that like word. Yeah, like it'll, I'm always like, it'll be fine. Like whatever you do, it'll be fine. There's, you know, there's things about different presses that are pains and, you know, no press is perfect. Every press, even my beloved Vandercook, like there's things you can't do. On Has a its faults. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you joining us. It's um, obviously we both have had conversations with you over social media and stuff, but it's nice to actually have a, a real talk as, as real as it gets besides in person, Thank of course. But. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for repping the, key, yeah. the keys and coin shirt. <laughs> oh yeah. All day, every day for sure. Yeah. More, more merch is definitely on the, on the vision board. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. There's not enough good letterpress merch out there in the world. We have really, we've really been desperate for some new merch lately. So yeah. So I'm glad that between uh, uh, hot off the press and swell presses retail outlet, there will soon be a lot of letterpress merch yeah, for sure. in the world because we need it. <laughs> for all the other like three thousand printers yeah, in the world, it'll be for great. Sure. My yeah, my husband's a screen printer, so I'm very, I'm like, I've got that plug. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, literally. I know we're both like, we need to just like, it's one of those things. And I'm sure you've experienced this too, where it's like, we can toss around ideas all day long, but actually execute executing them and like committing to them is the hard part. Oh my God. I know. Story of my life. You just got to do it. Cause we wait for it to be perfect yeah. and it's never going to be perfect. And you just have yeah. to do it. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm in that yeah. boat. <laughs> well, 
thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank this you, was Brit. so much fun. This was so much yeah. fun. And we are definitely going to have you back on to talk more about your presses. You. Yep. I, yeah. If I'm lucky enough for you guys to invite me back, I promise I'll get the Mariah Carey microphone and I'll... <laughs> amazing (laughs) gladly gladly again anytime do you want to plug all the places that people can find you um sure you can find me at swell press that is my instagram handle um and then learnletterpress.co because dot com was not available um or learn or then i compromise <laughs> and i also got learn-letterpress.com um that is a website where you can go to like sign up for the letterpress course if you um want to take it when it opens in the future and then my website is swellpresspaper.com and then those links are also all there but i have note cards there um and mentorship like opportunities if anyone wants to like have a call and things like that so and any dear listeners anyone who's listening just if you're if there's something you've wanted to do and you've waited because whatever take this as your calling slash kick in the ass to just go ahead and do it 100 (laughs) percent perfect that's the perfect nugget i love love it it. that's a good note to end Uh, on (laughs) yeah it is All right. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Britt. That was so great. I <clears throat> Wow. I'm so proud of myself for, one, not coughing that much. Um, I too. <laughs> two. Two. I love Britt. <clears throat> I loved getting to, like, finally talk to her because, like, I've I've definitely, like, laughed at all of her memes and fangirled from afar for a long time, but um, it's really fun to, like, actually get to talk to somebody like Britt because you do feel like you know her after you watch her Instagram stories. I mean, I've followed her for, like, five years at this point. Um, you know, you like, when she's pretty open, like, on her social media about, like, her processes and, like, she shares a lot of behind the scenes and stuff, so you do feel like you get to know her. So um, getting to actually, like, have a conversation with her and see her be candid and get to interact with her on a one-to-one you know one-on-one basis is really fun so it was so much fun Bray is so real and so like she has I think she just it's so fun to see somebody who like you know we both look up to her obviously but she's just a she's just she goes through some of the same things we go through you know like growing pains are real but like also everyone struggles at every point in their business and their success like we all struggle we all go through the same like trials and tribulations over and over and over again sometimes you know like Mm -hmm. I think it's that's what I really enjoyed. Like, I think it's reassuring, especially for like me or for people who are just beginning to like hear that even people who we super look up to and who, you know, we think have it all together or have a dream business or studio or whatever it is, like they have their own difficulties too. Like, you know, um, so yeah, that's good to remember and good to put it in, put it in perspective for all of us. Yeah. Also, she's just so funny. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this whole this whole outro is just us gonna be like, ah, just gushing. Yeah, we're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, while we were recording our last episode, you told me to remind you about a story about registration, and then we never talked about that. So oh, I've got shit. two things to remind you about. Oh no. I'll have to listen to the episode again and jog my memory. It was I deleted it. I deleted it out of the episode because it was an aside. You were just like, was it by the, the way, episode or something else? It was. It was during the paperweight episode. Oh, weird. So it was a recent registration story that you had. I bet it had to do with my circles because I. Maybe that's what it was. 
I bet it had to do with my circles that I was printing. Do you remember those recently? Yes. Yeah. So um, registering those were a fucking breeze and 12 out of 10 recommend doing again because like, so registering circles is fine as long as it's not like super specific. Like they had enough like breathing room around the design itself that it was literally mm-hmm. the easiest registration job of my life. Um, Yay! And so what I did is the circles were four inches. So I just cut a four by four square and mm-hmm. um, just I actually cut a whole bunch of them with the design like printed in the square and mm-hmm. I cut them all down to four by four and then um, I taped all my plates to those pieces of paper. So switching between those 16 different designs was a breeze. It was like wow. the most efficient registration and print job I've ever done in my entire life, um, which was really funny because the circles were the opposite of that. So it was a really fun, <laughs> you know, balance, uh, if you will, of mastering one trade and totally failing at another. <laughs> Well, that's kind of funny then because then we both – okay, so you know how I've been having problems like printing in general recently. Like yeah, the ink levels aren't right or like the impression levels aren't right, like whatever it is. So I was so nervous about filming this course because I'm like, great, now I'm going to capture and memorialize – like how bad I am at all this shit. And Mariah, like I still, I don't know if the printing angels descended down upon me and like lifted up the everything. And like, Mariah, the registration, like I couldn't even, I would have had to fuck it up to show them how to correct it. It was so spot on the yeah. very first time for both plates. Both plates were like, Boom, right on the bullseye. How? How does yeah. that even happen? Yeah, I. it's amazing when, like, that's, I mean, we kind of touched on this in the podcast with Brit, but, like, we literally, some days, printing is just a beautiful, majestic, glorious process, and the ink is right the first time you mix it, and the registration is right the first time you put it on the press, and the impression is close, and it just takes the tiniest adjustment to be perfect, and then some days it's like you barely get enough good copies to like fulfill your order. You know, it's like, it just, it is so crazy how the press that literally has not moved, nothing has moved in that press since I've moved it into my garage, but some days it's nearly impossible. And some days it goes off without a hitch. And it's like, yeah, I, I think that that's just part of the process and you just have to straight up embrace it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I sure embraced it yesterday and I'm so happy and I'm glad to hear that your circles went well too. Yeah. Well, when you sent that picture yesterday, I was like screaming. I was like that I sent you, I was like video now. And like, yeah, I, it is absolutely incredible. And I'm so proud of you because it's such a unique design and it's so fun and different. And like, you fucking nailed it. You fucking nailed it. Uh, Jilly, you killed it. I am sending you a photo. Okay. We shall hereby name you Disco Queen. ABBA is now your anthem. Enjoy it. (laughs) This is what Learn Letterpress has achieved for me. Like, I don't know if I would have been able to successfully do this without watching her course. Like, who's to say? Because now I'm on the other side of it. But um, it's so satisfying to know that there are three plates, three colors and when you look at that bullseye, it looks like it is just one black line. Yeah. And it's so satisfying. 
Wait, tell me that again. I was distracted by a picture of Otto. Okay. So So, this is your registration mark. So each plate has one of those things. Circle, line, line. Okay. So there was a pink, a gray, and then the black. And I... When Mariah, when I say I nailed this registration without having to make any adjustments, that's how perfect it came out on the first try. That's awesome. Like, awesome. What? what? Yeah. And like, it's also the three colors is always really interesting because like the first two colors go well. And then the third one, like the second one was off just enough that the third one is totally screwed. Like that yeah. is a real possibility with three color letterpress. Like two color, it's like you know you decrease the odds of failure by half, right? Like that's yeah, it's science, it's math, whatever. But like you freaking crushed it, you crushed it. Oh. I just am obsessed. I'm obsessed with that print. I think you're gonna have to make it like a uh, semi custom or something. Um, I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. And I love you. I love you for saying love all that. You too. I just really wish that like I my wish for all creatives is that you only had to create things you were super excited about, right? Like yeah. that would be that would be a dream a dream job. Like if we only had to create things that we were inspired by or we didn't have pressure to create, we only created when we wanted to. Like those two things like would allow for this incredible amount of artistry. Like I hesitate to call myself an artist, but like that is what it is. Like when you create something just purely from your brain and you just get excited about it and you're allowed to run with it or if you create a design purely for fun usually those are the best designs and it's like you know it's like you know writing with emotion it's like when you're passionate about something that comes through and how you talk about it or how you you know represent it or whatever it is it's like the same thing with a design if you're super excited about that design it's probably going to be your best work like (laughs) yeah you know and like also like as far as your semi-custom thing is concerned it's like you know, I think we all just need to stop approaching business decisions as like, well, everyone else is doing it because like how much time and money have we all wasted in one business form or another, like doing something because we thought everyone else was doing it. But like, I don't know. It's like, maybe I think for me, like semi, like semi-custom designs, when I have a design that somebody else comes to me and they're like, I really loved what you did with this one. Can you do something like that for me? It's like, boom, semi-custom. There you go. Like, when you have multiple people wanting a similar design that you've done it's like well that makes it an easy choice but just trying to make a semi-custom line because like you don't want to have to do all the design work or like because it's you know more profitable or because everyone else is doing it is like not a very sound business practice but just what it is amen girlfriend and p.s you are an artist you are an an artist in so many capacities your graphic design skills are amazing and the fact that you run a letterpress alone is an art form so an artist in so many ways yeah I just think that like there's so much like what's the word I'm looking for there's so much like there's a word I can't come up with right now but there's so much like around the word artist that like oh yeah I'm not an artist I like just you know do this or that or this or that it's like art is in many different mediums like there is not just like one type of art yeah like not just because you draw or because you paint or because you whatever it's like I don't know mastering a trade is is also an art um not that I'm a master but you get the point (laughs) yeah you're an artist anyway okay well great episode 10 out of 10 I what a way to finish the season like can we just talk about the fact that we started a podcast and it has had a season. Holy crap. A season. Literally, holy Mariah. crap. Yeah. And I just want to like live record our reaction to like our stats at this very second because I know that like 
our last episode, um, which was the wait, what's the wait? We're recording this in between a couple of episodes, so bear with us here. But right now we've had almost 2,000 listens to our episodes and we have 144 unique listeners like that number is small in the grand scheme of things like no but (laughs) it's not small to me no and like to think about 144 people have like consistently listened to more than one episode like that is just unreal like we could not have I couldn't have dreamt of that like that is just so cool so thank you all for being here and putting up with our antics (laughs) we've created a niche podcast if like seven people listened I'd feel fulfilled because it's such a niche genre but just the idea of like if we had a gathering of all of our listeners right now that it would be hard for us to find a venue because 140 people can't (laughs) like legally not even be in a room right now (laughs) totally yeah like yeah and you know also like on the note of the pandemic and stuff, it's like, we like that time was difficult for so many and for so many reasons. And it was difficult for us too. But like things like the podcast are purely born out of like, we've, we had time, we made the time and like, we were forced to kind of take that breather, which allowed us to be creatively inspired. And for Julian and I like to connect and to learn more letterpress stuff and to like, for people like Brit to create a course, like, you know, these, these times of difficulty do lead to some beautiful things. And uh, yeah, we yeah. managed to make an entire podcast season out of it. So it's yeah. crazy. Well, congratulations um, well, cheers to you. Yeah, you too. Cheers to many more. <laughs> cheers to harassing Brit for more episodes sometime soon. Let's cheers our water right now. Wine will be had at a different time. Yeah, we'll get we'll get champagne once this episode actually airs. <laughs> that seems like a deal, right? It is. And it goes without saying that we are so grateful for you, the person who is listening to this right now. Um, We started this because of you and we will keep doing it because of you. And it just it fills our heart that you are you are tuning in, you are listening, you're coming over to Instagram, you're telling us how much you loved it. If you're leaving a review, I mean, that is just absolute gold to us right now because it really will help us get even more amazing guests just like Brit on the podcast and we want this to be a resource that's informational and delightful so thank you (laughs) yeah we want to entertain but we also want to be there for you um you know Jillian and I are fortunate to have each other but uh we didn't start out that way you know we both learned by ourselves in our garages and we don't want anyone else to have to go through that if they can avoid it you know if we can continue making episodes and give them a resource a friend uh a shoulder to cry on or laugh with uh then we (laughs) we want to keep doing that so (laughs) yeah your your reviews and sharing this with other people that you know who may or may not be printers but um sharing this and reviewing it means so much because it allows us to you know, it motivates us, but it also allows us to continue doing it and gives us, uh, you know, things to strive for. So, um, yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you. And we're so Aww. excited. This is not the end. We will be back no. with the season two. We're going to have more guests. We're going to have. You'll never shut us up. <laughs> You'll never. Seriously, if there's two women who you will never shut up, it's Mariah and I. Um, yeah. And we're really excited for everything that's to come. We're just going to take a brief break while. Uh, you know, gets to married. I'm going to get married. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Aruba and I may or may not come back. This podcast yeah. 
might be international soon. We could do it on the road. It's fine. Yeah. There's so much more we have. We have literally a whole list of future episode topics still to get through. Um, and we have plenty of ideas still kicking around too. So um, more hot off the press is to come. Don't you worry. Yay. All right. Season one. We're out. <gasps> Holy crap. That like felt real just now. I don't know what it was. Me saying that just like hit me like a ton of bricks. Oh my God. <sighs> Should we do it? Our last buy of season one? Oh my god. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> Bye! Bye. Oh I think I'm gonna cry. <laughs>